Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode, and I know you will. And if you're interested in continuing to listen to the greatest podcast on the entire planet, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. And as always, Zendependently Minded can be found and listened to on all the major podcast platforms, and you can follow the podcast on all the major social media platforms as well. Before we get into the episode, here is a brief word from our sponsor. How's it going, guys? It's your boys, Independently Minded, back at it with another episode. Obviously, it's been a minute. It's been a little over two weeks, and the main reason for that is because I had an assassination attempt carried out on me. Actually, though, I I got married. That's why I was gone. I the last couple of weeks leading up to the wedding, uh, well, really the week leading up to the wedding, I just basically spent all my time, put all my time and effort into making sure everything was taken care of, the paperwork was done, uh, made sure that my my wife at the time, my fiance at the time, still loved me, still wanted to marry me, and yeah, it was just stressful time, lots of time, uh, lots of lots of effort went into it to make sure that everything went well. And it did go well, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And yeah, everything got taken care of. Wedding was beautiful. It was amazing. I'll talk a little bit more about where we went later. But we went to Copenhagen. Copenhagen was awesome. Everybody was there. My mom, my brother, Joe Rogan, John Cena, Betty White. It was awesome. It was it was a really sweet, beautiful wedding. It wasn't too big. wasn't too hectic. And just the right amount of people were there. But... Back to business, boys. Back to business. All in all seriousness, no, it, it was a great wedding. It was a uh, it was short and sweet, but we spent it in Copenhagen, of course. Copenhagen is what many describe as the the Las Vegas of Europe. And having been to Las Vegas and now having been to Copenhagen, it is a shitty comparison to say the least. Copenhagen is better in every way, shape, or form and form than Las Vegas. I think what people mean by that is it's the, the quickest, easiest, and most legit way that you can legally get married. And yeah, it was it was quick, but it was sweet, like I said. It was everything that I wanted from a wedding, uh, a small wedding like that. We're going to have a big wedding where all the family and all my family and friends and her family and friends can come, but that's going to be in the future and that'll be in the states, of course, so people don't have to spend thousands of dollars on tickets. Just to come for a week or whatever. I'm actually just drinking juice in this mug. You can't really see, but it's late. It's almost midnight here, but I have a lot to talk about, a lot on my mind, so I figured what better way to do it than, what better way to speak my mind than my podcast? That's one of the main thing, one of the main reasons why I even have this. But yeah, there's there's been a, uh, a bit of news Quite a bit of things have, ta- have have happened in the past couple weeks, and I'm going to be honest, guys. I I recorded an episode last week and was covering a lot of things that I had in my notes, but um, I was really scatterbrained. I was, you know, really nervous and anxious and excited and a little bit stressed about the wedding coming up. So, listening back to the the first ten minutes of the episode just to check the quality, like I do with all of them, I I just didn't feel comfortable putting it out. I was 
way too distracted. I kept going off on tangents, which I do that all the time, but it was it was just very incoherent and a lot some actually honestly a couple of the things that I was saying talking about I hadn't really looked into as much as I should have. I was just kind of trying to put the episode out before I had before I went to Copenhagen, but yeah, I decided against uploading it and I think I made the right decision, but so there are going to be a couple of things that are a bit out of the news cycle already, but I don't give a fuck. I want to talk about it there. That's important to me. So yeah, I am going to talk about it, but let's get into the first bit. So this is the, looks like I put notes on the, uh, the, the so-called voting, the, 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 the John Lewis voting rights act, I believe is the name. It's a very clever way for Joe Biden to to sneak in a civil rights historical legend like John Lewis and pretend like this law has anything to do with voting rights. Guys, I've talked about this many times in the past. This this is mainly the the the, the Biden administration and the DNC, they're trying to paint this John Lewis Voting Rights Act as their way the president and the current administration's way of combating voter restrictions and racist acts that are keeping people from voting. And it's that's why they call it the Voting Rights Act. And they named after John Lewis because they're talking about, you know, this law. If, if you read the gist of the of the law or you, you read the simplified version of it, it's the Biden administration pretending and the DNC pretending and their 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 reasoning behind passing this act passing this um this bill is because it's going they say it'll give the federal government the the power and the ability i want to say i want to say from what i read to investigate um investigate allegations and instances where people are being kept from voting which like i said before guys there's absolutely not zero voter fraud in presidential elections, but when it comes to the 2020 presidential election, unless you ask YouTube, which for some reason deleted my first ever video podcast because they tried to say that I said Trump won in 2020, which I didn't. I said Trump won in 2016, fairly, but they took it out of context. It's really easy to go back and listen to that episode on Spotify or all the other real platforms where they actually defend independent creators. Anyway, water under the bridge. There's not enough, there was not enough voter fraud or not enough evidence for me of voter fraud that I believe could have swung the election um, away from Trump and in Biden's favor. That's just what I believe. I think there are other factors that led to Trump losing and voter fraud is not one of them. There absolutely is voter fraud though. I just have not seen enough proof uh, to, to come to the conclusion that it was rampant enough for Trump to lose. But... If, if you look at the, what was I trying to get at? Um, the point that I'm trying to make with this is, I think this is, and I'm not the only one who feels this way. I think this is the Biden administration and the DNC trying to federalize elections because I've stated this before and I've experienced this. And it's hard to dispute this fact, especially when being in conversation with someone like me, 
who has lived in the United States, and I have now lived in a country in Europe that is vastly different than the United States. It's not as big as a, a culture shock as if I was to like move to the Middle East or move to Japan or something like that. But I have experience when it comes to living in a different culture and everything that comes with that, as well as living in a place where the political system and the economic scene is completely different. I can still go to the store and I can buy stuff like normal and I can still pay taxes, but it's more taxes. I, I pay, I live in Germany, okay? I pay German taxes. I, I'm starting, I don't fully understand how the country is run, uh, not as well as I understand America, but I know, I know that the key to running a country is implementing change and improvements on a small scale. And when it comes to the United States, in my opinion, one of the biggest issues when it comes to trying to implement change and improvements in the United States is that people expect the, the federal government to be able to solve everything. They shouldn't have to, and they can't. It's not working. It hasn't been working. I've said this many times in the past. I'm not an expert. I do not have all the solutions, but I'm pretty good at identifying when a system doesn't work, <laughs> and I'm not the only one who feels this way. The current system is not working in the United States, and I think it all boils down to scale. It's easy for someone, especially someone like me, to just point to Germany or Denmark or Finland or Norway. Be like, oh, you know, what they're doing there works. It will work in the United States. And while I do believe that there are a lot of things that Germany does right, a lot of things that Denmark does right, Norway, whatever, insert, insert any country that people like to point to, they do have a point. When it comes to the United States, to try to implement a nationwide change, it's, it's damn near impossible to effectively do it. it. It hasn't been done recently in a long time and been effective and actually benefited Americans, normal people, middle class and lower class people. And I just think at the end of the day, the main problem is trying to do things on a large scale. Here in Germany and in Denmark and in every country in the European Union, there are laws that get passed and there are laws that still stand for the entire country. But then when it comes down to each individual state, in Germany, there's a bunch of states. The one that I'm living in is called uh, Baden-Württemberg. There are laws that get passed that are unique and address each unique state and region's problems and issues that they might have that the other might not have. So, for example, I'm in Baden-Württemberg. If there is an excess number of homeless people or whatever, and you, they can track that homeless people... Most ninety percent of the homeless people are mentally ill uh, and they're alcoholics. Uh, there's a bill that Baden-Württemberg, the the what do you call it? I don't I don't know the the name of the governor. Like I said, I don't fully one hundred percent understand the way the political system works in Germany. But the governor or the head of the state that I'm living in, they could pass a law that addresses something that addresses it. Like okay, you stores cannot sell liquor past midnight. Um, we're going to allocate this much of this, like this, this percent of um, 
income tax or whatever to try to get these homeless people into rehab so they can get back into society or whatever. And then Bavaria, the state that the city of Berlin is in, they might not have that homeless homeless problem. So they're not, they don't need to pass this law. They don't need to allocate resources to this issue. That's just a really shitty example that I just pulled out of my ass. But that that's that same system should apply to the United States. And it kind of does, obviously. States have their own individual laws. Obviously, you can't have in Texas, Texas can't pass a law that says you can murder someone. But there are individual laws that, and characteristics of each state and the laws are catered to those individual characteristics of the state. But when it comes to issues, especially with issues like COVID, states should have... So when Biden announced, oh, there is no federal solution, he should have actually meant it, but I'm going to get into that a little bit later uh, in, in regards to monoclonal antibodies. But each individual state, depending on, you know, how many big cities they have, how densely populated or not they are, how spread out they are, that all is going to affect everything. But when it comes to COVID, obviously, the states that have the states that are more populated, the states that have bigger cities, the bigger the city and the more packed, jam-packed the city is, the more people are on top of each other, the easier COVID is going to spread. I don't understand why it's become this thing where People pretend like we're going to stop COVID. That is never, I don't know where this, this lie came from, where this misconception came from, but guys, COVID-19 is an airborne virus. I believe that's the name. That's the, that's how you describe it, but it's a virus. It spreads through, it goes through the air. Wind can carry it. It sticks on surfaces uh, for a few days, depending on the surface. Animals can carry it. So dogs can carry COVID. They can carry COVID and they can walk outside, give it to another dog, put it on a plant. The wind can blow it. Humans are not the only animals that can carry COVID. Dogs don't get sick from COVID, but deer can, can carry it. Birds can carry it. All they have to do is, all it has to do is the virus is going, uh, just needs to fly on, just needs to land on it. I mean, that's the, that, in the simplest terms, that's what COVID is. Also, it sits in your nose, mouth, and in your lungs. So, that all being said, COVID is not going to be stopped. But each state has has different differing numbers of COVID, depending on, like I just explained, the individual state characteristics. So, why would any? Why would you look to the federal government to solve all fifty states and the territories? And their COVID problems for them. Each governor should really be, really what should have happened in the beginning uh, is the federal government should have immediately did their absolute best to allocate as much money and resources for the states that needed it more than the others. So states like Florida, highly populated, but they're in favor and a lot of them use and rely on um, COVID treatments rather than just relying on the vaccine, which is how the entire United States should be. In a perfect world, in a world where the government didn't piss, piss people off and cause people, people to mistrust them or not trust them at all, COVID for Americans should have been a wake-up call. It should have wanted people to 
live healthier lifestyles, have a cleaner diet, exercise more, make sure they take their vitamins, get to the doctor if they can, and run tests to make sure that they're doing the best they can to give themselves the best chance. And then, they should also want to, and be able to choose, to get the vaccine. Because the vaccine is proven, it is a preventative measure, it helps reduce the symptoms if you are to catch COVID. And then also, there should be more than one easily available, readily available, easy to make, and inexpensive treatment for if the person does get COVID, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, they know they can go to a hospital and doctors will know exactly what they can do to give them the best chance they can to survive. Here in Germany, there are four or five different approved COVID treatments. And I read through all of them and I had never heard of any of them. I had heard of one actually. It was like a, a kind of slightly tweaked version of remdesivir or, or Regeneron. Why do we not have these in the United States? Why are they not readily available? I'm sick of hearing these fucking excuses. I'm sick of hearing the, the supply chain bullshit. That's just an excuse. They're actual supply chain problems. But you can't say, oh, the, oh, um, you know, the service here is shitty because of the supply chain. No, it's not shitty. You're just a fucking bad company. Uh, your corporate people won't, won't pay people good enough. They won't take care of them and won't offer them free health insurance or paid leave or sick leave. So no one wants to fucking work here. All these people are overworked. They're stressed out. They're annoyed. And they just had a customer spit on them. That's why the service is bad. Not because of the fucking supply chain. So shut the fuck up about that supply chain shit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Anyway. <clears throat> I feel like I'm getting a little off track. Back to the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. This is not an act that is... This is not a bill that is being passed in attempts to fight for voter rights. Voter ID is not racist. It's more racist to assume that a black person cannot go and find a way to get an ID. I've seen multiple polls, I've heard a bunch of numbers, but the, the majority of black voters in America support voter ID. So they want to know, think about it, okay? Blacks have been historically discriminated against within the past hundred years. There are people alive that were openly discriminated against that may still get discriminated against today. And they were also kept by the Ku Klux Klan and the Democratic Party who created the Ku Klux Klan to try to dissuade blacks from voting. And obviously, knowing that history, keeping that in mind, would you blame black people for wanting and being in support of voter ID? Overwhelming majority of them? I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. Any sane American should support the most secure type of election. People want to know that their vote matters. People want to know that it's getting securely cast. I've shared my story about voting overseas, living in Germany and voting in the in the 2020 presidential election. I had a shitty ass time. <laughs> I had a shitty ass time in um There was an investigation done because for some reason my vote was cast twice with different picks on both ballots. And then of course my vote was only cast successfully it only was successfully counted once thank god but the whole system was out of whack whether it was someone hacking into it someone who changed my vote or whether it was just a computer error these things happen so to try to say that voter fraud is 
non-existent, that's stupid. You can't go from 2016, the Democrats, the Democratic Party, and all of the Democratic cult members on Twitter and on the internet and all around the world saying, oh, the Russians, blah, 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 blah. And then to go from 2016 to 2020 and say, to go from, oh, the Russians completely rigged the election to, there is no rigging, there is no fraud, 100% legit. That's, that's a stretch. That's a stretch that I cannot get in support of. And that all being said, one of the many solutions, one of the many things that could help America is things op being operated on on a smaller scale. It's the federal government should only serve as as an overseer and as someone as a, an entity that can help allocate resources and money and manpower to the states that need the attention more. States like California that are bigger and more populated, states like Texas that are big, Washington, Oregon, New York, Florida, the bigger states need more help and the federal government should there to be should be there to step in to help them and then they should also trust the people and their choices that and their then their elected officials the people cast their vote they chose these elected officials and the, these mayors and these governors to represent them and take care of them and their community and their family members and ultimately the federal government should be able to trust those people to do their job and leave them alone like I said, there are different individual state unique uh, issues that are unique to states and to cities and regions, and they need to be able to be well-equipped enough to handle them and also call to the federal government if they need help, exactly the way they do it in Europe. That's exactly how they do it, and it's been working. Another thing that I had a conversation with uh, a family member when we were in Denmark because Denmark is so, Copenhagen is such a uh, self-sufficient, energy-sufficient, clean, and well-run city. There are solar panels everywhere. Uh, there was There's this one hotel that had this graphic, and it was like, yeah, all these solar panels that are facing the west generates enough power to, to power 60 Danish homes. That's a start. It's a great start. The roads were clean. The subway station was unbelievably clean and smooth. You barely saw trash anywhere. Didn't see a single homeless person. Everybody was happy. Everybody was friendly. Everybody. It was such an international city. And one of the things that I that I had thought about, you know, my, uh, this family member was like, oh, you know, it is really expensive to live here, uh, which it was. It was expensive to visit too. And obviously we were talking about healthcare and, and I was talking about how you know, single-payer health care or free basic health insurance is something that needs to be implemented in the United States, and it would have prevented a lot of COVID deaths and just overall deaths, uh, period, for the past few years. And this family member was like, oh, you know, if Americans had to pay an extra, extra, extra bit of tax, they would be pissed. They would freak out and be up in arms. And then I, they're not, they're not wrong, but also I was like, hey, do you blame them? People don't I've said this before I don't mind that I pay I pay double taxes I pay federal US federal government taxes and I also pay German taxes but when it comes to the German taxes I can see that it's going to something good when you when when someone pays taxes but they're able to see that their tax dollars are being spent the right way 
when they see that the school they're sending their kid to, the road that their family's driving on, etc., the bridge that they're crossing when they take their dogs on a walk, when 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 they see that their tax dollars are actually going to something that is helping them and their community and their family, they don't care. They're, they're not as upset. And I feel that that would be that the same would go in America. Here's a good example. If you're from Colorado, you'd be familiar with with one of the biggest highways in Colorado is called the I-25. I lived there from 2006 to 2009, and there was construction being done on the I-25. I went back there in 2017 and lived there till 2019, and there was still that construction was still being done. Every time we drove on the I-25 north to Denver to the Denver airport or whatever, the the it would be reduced into one or two lanes on the fucking highway on an interstate highway because the construction whatever the whatever the issue is people are people can see these things they're not stupid they're getting taxed they feel like they're getting taxed for no reason because their their kids public education sucks or their kids are having being forced to do zoom calls so the education is even shittier than before there's potholes everywhere the fucking buildings are collapsing. The bridges are collapsing. There's fucking rocks falling, uh, cement falling off of bridges when people drive under uh, overpasses. I don't blame people for for not trusting the government to spend their money wisely because they haven't so far. They send them a tax return, which is not a tax return. It's a slight tax refund because you never get all the money back you're supposed to. If people could see that their money was going towards something good that actually helps them in their community, they would absolutely be more willing to pay taxes. And this is a concept that before I got to Europe and before I got to live in Germany, it was a foreign concept to me. I was like, fuck that. I'm paying as little taxes as possible. If this person wants this, they can do it themselves. Suck a dick. That's how I felt before. So anybody who tells me that I'm wrong, you're actually wrong. Because were you able to live in another country? I don't think so. I was able to live in a country where things were run a lot differently and it completely opened my mind and uh, changed my point of view. And I haven't completely changed my belief system from when I lived in the United States, but my mind was opened and I realized things are not being done correctly. They're not being run as efficiently and they're not being run in favor of normal working class people the way they should be. There are still things in America though that I love that I absolutely will never give up my citizenship for. There are things that you can only get in America. There are, you know, I could get into that another day. But the point of this is, federal, the federalization of elections is not good. The federal government does not need more power, it needs less power. More power should go to the states, so the states can be better equipped to handle problems in the future. COVID or not, that, that the, that's the case. Improvements and the implementation of change is always better on a small scale. Point blank period. <laughs> So, looking at my notes, I did see something funny. I, I've i said this in the past. I don't know the solutions to everything. I'm not always right. But when it comes to things like, like vaccines and COVID, I always try to keep my information up to date. Oh, yeah, and by the way, uh, if you're wondering, I have this car in the background of my of my browser because I didn't know what else to have on the backdrop. This is my dream car. This is exact model and color. So that's what I have in the back. Sorry. Um, 
I always like to keep up to date with information, especially when it when it comes to COVID, because like I said, it has been two years now, um, a little more than two years for some people, depending on where you live in the in the world. But information is changing. We're learning more things about not just COVID, about things, but about everything. So I always like to keep up to date. So I did see there was a big hubbub a couple weeks ago about vaccines again. You know, people are always talking about vaccines. So I looked up. Oh, yeah, the, the topic at hand, I don't remember exactly what it was, but the topic at hand was the vaccine preventing transmission. So I just did a quick Google search. This happened a couple weeks ago. Does the vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, prevent transmission? And the first result that came up was this USA Today fact check. And they were the USA Today was fact checking an argument that I guess was seen in like a meme or whatever that got pushed um, pushed around on Facebook or something. Let me let me find that article actually. Here we go. Looks like I already searched it before. So, which one is it? Okay, here we go. So this is the the second one. So this is the article that I looked at. And if you if you read through this article, it says the claim is the COVID nineteen vaccine doesn't stop you from getting or spreading the virus, so it can't protect others. So they go on to share. This is how many people have gotten vaccinated. Here's this random single doctor. Um, Akiko Iwasaki says, this is false information. And then it basically says it does provide significant information, uh, and, uh, prevention and protection from getting it. Therefore it, it helps prevent spreading it even against the Delta variant. And then they go on to share these vague out of context studies. And then they end up coming to the conclusion that that is a false claim. And it says, while vaccinated individuals can get COVID-19, experts and public health officials say they are less likely to contract the virus than unvaccinated people. And yeah, so I read through that. And the next thing I did was I looked up the WHO, the WHO's definition of COVID-19. And here's what they said. They say, you can look this up yourself, WHO.int. The virus can spread from an infected person's mouth or nose in small liquid particles when they cough, sneeze, speak, sing, or breathe. So, USA Today, explain to me how the COVID vaccine can clean out your nose, mouth, and lungs. Unless the COVID vaccine is a Lysol spray that sprays throughout your body and completely disinfects everything that can hold it, the vaccine does not prevent transmission. This this is what these fact checks do. They take a claim. They straw man the claim. And then they debunk their own straw man. The case here is, they're, they're saying, oh, because it protects you from dying of COVID and it reduces your symptoms, it also reduces, it also prevents transmission. That's already been said. I've said this before. It only slightly reduces transmission if you're vaccinated because it reduces your symptoms. So therefore you won't be projectile vomiting and coughing and sneezing on people more than you already would. But that's not the claim that these people are making. The claim that these people are making, and rightfully so, is people like Joe Biden who said, if you get this vaccine, then you won't get COVID. That is not the case. 
if I'm vaccinated and I and someone coughs on me, I'm going to get COVID. And they have COVID. I'm going to get COVID. The vaccine is not going to keep my mouth from picking up the particles. It's not going to keep my nose from inhaling those particles. This is a bullshit debunking. This is misleading. The claim didn't say that it doesn't prevent transmission 100%. Nobody who is logical, who knows shit about dick, has said that ever. It's never been said. So this this fact check is bullshit. USA Today can suck a cock. They know exactly what they're doing. They, they've been given orders and they're following the orders. And that's that. So yeah, I fact checked the fact checkers. It's, it's really simple. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be weirded out by that. But it's really simple. The vaccine does not prevent transmission. It slightly reduces tran- transmission. That's a fact. It Just, just look at the, the, the basic definition provided by the WHO and what we know about the, va- about the virus. Unless the vaccine comes in and disinfects your entire body, you can carry and you can spread and you probably already have in the past and will continue to spread COVID-19. I don't know why in the beginning this wasn't made clear to people, but the, the virus is going to run its course. The main focus should be on protecting those who need to be protected best. Vaccines should vaccines should be readily available for those who are have a higher chance of dying or having a an adverse reaction and permanent damage if they are to contract COVID-19. And the rest of the world should be able to move on and do their thing. And we're we're starting to see already the 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 after effects of years of lockdowns, uh, months of lockdowns, and years of small businesses being told that they can't open, while Walmart and Amazon and Target and all these big businesses are able to stay open, while all these leaders who tell the small businesses and the mom and pop stores and restaurants that they can't stay open, while these while these leaders and governors are going out and they're breaking their own mask mandates. And indoor, indoor gathering mandates. They're breaking their own rules. And it's just, it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. Florida ended all their mandates. They allow you to get the vaccine if you want. They allow you to wear a mask if they want. The way that they did in Denmark, by the way. And they have the same amount of numbers, the same amount of deaths as the places that, when adjusted for population differences... The numbers are the same. Jerusalem already had their second booster. And they have record high numbers. It's not working. It hasn't worked for the past two years. It's not going to ever work. The governments need to, world governments need to get together and they need to understand what we, we have been doing is not working. Let's move on to something else. What they should have always focused on in the beginning was focus protection. Focusing on groups that need the protection the most allowing people to continue their lives and really, really putting effort into manpower, resources, and effective and safe and easy to easily accessible and cheap, affordable treatments. For if and when someone does get COVID, 
What can we do to try to save their lives? But you have the Biden administration actively regulating and effectively regulating monoclonal antibodies. Not effective in a good way, though. So I'd been covering this story for the past few months. Towards the end of the of last year, there was a report that the Biden administration is, has decided they're going to crack down and they're going to regulate and control and try to maintain the distribution of monoclonal antibodies. And it just so happened that some of the a lot of the southern states and states that did not vote for Biden, this became a talking point for people who were pissed off. They're like, oh, it's, he's punishing the Republican states. But I don't think that's the case. I think they're punishing people for using using effective and proven COVID-19 treatments. But states like Florida and Georgia were using monoclonal antibodies a lot because a lot of people were choosing not to get vaccinated, taking taking the chance, taking the risk of getting COVID-19. And then when they got it, they would go to their doctor, they would go to a hospital, and they would get monoclonal antibody treatments. And most likely they were saved and uh, death was prevented. The Biden administration decided they were going to crack down and regulate this. And the reasoning was, oh, we just want to make sure that there's not a shortage of monoclonal antibodies because lots of states, every state should be able to use them. And then I want to say one or two weeks into December, there's a, there's reports all across the internet, all across uh, USA Today, um, the New York Times all saying, you know, there's a shortage of monoclonal antibodies and the Biden administration is trying to crack down on this. And just a couple days ago, the Florida State Department announced that people are no longer allowed to get monoclonal antibody treatments in Florida. There's absolutely no reason that this should be the case. Monoclonal antibodies are there. Not everybody can afford them, obviously. That shouldn't be the case. Everybody should be able to to be able to afford any kind of treatment for anything, anything, uh, whether it's whether it's chemotherapy or it's monoclonal antibodies or or Regeneron or uh, I forget the other one. There are so many different there are so many treatments out there that are approved that are proven that can work. They should be readily available for anybody should they contract COVID nineteen. The Biden administration tried and they failed to regulate monoclonal antibodies and now an entire state is being told that they cannot use them so people are going to die because of this this is 100 percent the biden administration's fault this is something that they claimed they were going to take care of and they failed miserably whether it was incompetence or whether they had other plans and those fell through fell through too it's unacceptable all Florida COVID deaths should be, the, the, the blame should fall on the Biden administration. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, while we're on the topic of Florida, Trump is not trashing Ron DeSantis, okay? This is a fake story. This is bullshit. This is a smear campaign. It's fake news. This is, this is that, it, it reminds me of that same anonymous bullshit story where uh, I think CNN said, oh, we have an anonymous tip that, that Donald Trump was making fun of dead war veterans. Uh, he, he was at a military uh, cemetery and he was like, why would, I, why would I care about these guys? These are losers. They managed to lose. Uh, uh, uh. And 
people ate that shit up. I remember seeing on on Facebook when when that topic and it had was when it hit the mainstream press. One of my family members was like, "What do you, I don't think Trump actually said this. This is not a there's there's not a real source. It says anonymous anonymous source. What what does that mean? How am I supposed to trust this? How do I know the anonymous source is not just Don Lemon telling Jim Acosta this happened?" And then one of my one of my family members actually said, "We don't need a source. We know this is something Trump would say." So it's become one of those things where people don't even fucking care. People are so filled with Trump derangement syndrome. Not even just when it comes to Trump. But when there's either no proof or there's proof that that supports the contrary, people will still say, oh, it doesn't matter if it's not true. It fits my narrative. It fits the narrative that, that gets me freedom. It fits me that fits the narrative that lets me keep my job or whatever fucking bullshit. And when it comes to Trump trashing DeSantis, there there's not a real source on this. Nobody should believe this. I'm sure Trump and DeSantis talk, talked on the phone and... It's bullshit. This it's bullshit, and I don't trust it. And you, nobody else should trust it. <laughs> um, one of the last couple of things I wanted to talk about. So there is a, a Science Tech Daily article that said that says Pfizer COVID nineteen vaccine is associated with increased risk of carditis. There's so many of these damage control articles that are coming out. So. There's that Good Morning America segment where the CDC director went on and said something like 75% of people who are hospitalized of co- from COVID-19, 75% of them have had four or more comorbidities. These are things that we have all been saying, logical people have been saying, doctors and scientists who are actually credentialed enough, not not like the, the doctors, the, the doctors uh, that signed the letter, the open letter to Spotify asking them to, to deal with Joe Rogan for spreading misinformation. You should do a fun exercise uh, before I get before I forget. Do this fun exercise where you look at who exactly these doctors and scientists are that signed this, uh, this letter. Half of them are students in fucking college, so they're not doctors. And a lot of the other ones are doctors of stuff like orthopedic surgery or their practice they're they're doctors of of okay it's sad that i have to explain this but if i was to get a phd in anything i'm now a doctor so the mainstream media is using this term doctor to mislead people to be like oh you know these doctors they're saying joe joe rogan is spreading misinformation we should not listen to anything he says when in reality all joe rogan does is he has experts on who are credentialed enough to talk about this. So people like Robert Malone, Pierre Corey, uh, Peter McCullough, and other people who are immunologists. They're cardiologists, so they know how the heart works and how the heart reacts to things like the vaccine. Virologists. They, vaccinologists. They, he has them on and he let, he asks them questions and they answer. He's not spreading misinformation. That, 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 I've talked about this before. Do you know how to fight misinformation? By informing yourself, by doing independent supplemental research. I wrote a paper on this, and I'm currently tweaking it, and I'm going to try to my best to publish it, because it's a great paper. The only person that is responsible 
uh, of making sure that you are staying informed is yourself. And if you are misinformed, it's your fault. Anytime you see anything, you should cross-reference it. You should check who's writing the article. You should check who's funding them. These are all things that I was taught in high school. I don't know why I, I didn't know that the entire United States wasn't taught this. Luckily, I was. And I'm taught this in college, too, luckily. Some of my, some of my uh, writing professors are a little crazy, but most of them encourage independent supplemental research. The sad thing is, a lot of sheep, a lot of people who want the pandemic to go on forever, because it's the only way that they can have an orgasm, just thinking about all the people that were fired from their jobs, and makes them feel good that when they see someone die that, that was a Trump supporter or that didn't get vaccinated, these people will shame you for doing your own research. They'll say, oh, you know, listen to the science, listen to the experts. There is no, there is not a 100% consensus when it comes to COVID-19. There is a huge letter that was written and signed by thousands of doctors that were criticizing the lockdowns, that were criticizing the government response, talking about how horribly and long-lasting the damage is going to be from these lockdowns. I'm currently writing a paper for a research writing class that I have on the impact of COVID-19 and the response. And articles like this just make it so much more apparent that damage control is taking place, probably in time for the midterms. I I saw an article... Um, I saw an article, I don't remember who it was written it was written by, but I saw an article yesterday and I should have saved it so I could share it with you guys. But it said something like cuz now that the Delta variant has ran its course, there there are articles and there are studies and the 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 study, the headline said natural immunity lasted on average like 3 months longer than the vaccine when it came to protection against the Delta variant. And I'm like Guys, we fucking knew this shit. Natural immunity is not a term made by the right by right-wing Nazi fascist conspiracy theorists like Robert Malone and Joe Rogan. Natural immunity is a concept that has been studied and has been used and and is backed up by by hundreds and thousands of different viruses and diseases that have existed throughout human history. This is not a new concept. It's obvious. The human body is is an, a spectacular vessel. And it's not insane to think and talk about and discuss, and people should be allowed to, and in, in early on in the pandemic, people were shut down for this kind of thing, and, you know, removed and deplatformed. The human body can offer defense against a virus better than a man-made one. Is that not hard... How is that such a hard concept to grasp? I don't understand that. But this article's this article pissed me off because we all know that there is there's an increased risk of myocarditis and carditis if you already get the vaccine. There's also an increased risk of carditis and death if you already get COVID. So this is this is a, a risk that you need to weigh yourself and that you should have the right to to weigh yourself. Uh, one of the last things I wanted to talk about, so Denmark really opened my eyes to the potential, the the potential 
that the potential improvements that America can make. And one of the differences, one of the big things that it, it's kind of funny because I just got back from from Copenhagen yesterday, and I just read an article that the Prime Minister of Denmark is uh, expected to announce the that they're going to end all COVID restrictions. The UK is doing that, I think, and I think Ireland is doing it also. And I hope that Germany does too, but I have a feeling that Germany is going to hold on to this shit as long as fucking possible because the new Chancellor of Germany gets a super hard on thinking about restricting the freedoms of unvaccinated people. They really want to vaccinate everybody. Then also, the science doesn't make sense. On the way back, coming into Germany, I didn't have to get a test because I'm I'm vaccinated. I didn't have to get a test, which doesn't make sense because people who are vaccinated can be carriers. I'm not showing symptoms, but I could have COVID in my fucking nose. I could have it in my mouth or in my lungs right now, and but I didn't have to get tested, so no one's going to fucking know. I don't think that makes sense. The science on that doesn't make sense. They're, it's, it's, it's completely anti-science, and they're not trusting the science. But one of the coolest things, and I had read about this before, but I got to experience it firsthand in Denmark. There is there are signs everywhere that say, you know, CDC guidelines or whatever recommend that you wear a mask and you socially distance. But when we went into the mall, when we went into restaurants and all kinds of stores, um, except for, of course, in the airport, you have to wear a mask. About a quarter of the people were not wearing masks. It was It's a thing where Denmark trusted their citizens to do what was best for them. And if they decided to wear a mask to protect themselves or protect their neighbors, whatever their reasoning, they respected that choice. They recommend that you socially distance. They recommend that you wear a mask, preferably an FFP2 mask or a CAN95 mask or whatever. But they weren't enforcing it. They weren't forcing people and telling them, oh, this is what's best for you, and then lying to them the way that the American government has and the way that governments around the world have done. And that kind of trust gets reciprocated from the people to the government, and they're able to have a working relationship. They're able to communicate better. They're able to elect officials that better represent them in their community and their families better. And they're able to get stuff done, like solar panels, that can power 60 Danish homes. That was from one, that was from the roof of one skyscraper in a city. Imagine if every skyscraper in that city could create that much energy. The air was cleaner, like I said. The subway state, there was not a single homeless person there that I could see. It was, it just felt like what they were doing was working. And I feel that the concepts that they use can be implemented on a small scale in the United States. I've said, I've advocated in the past, maybe, maybe I don't think I've op- openly talked about it on the podcast, but one of the things that I could feel, for example, this last thing I'm going to say before I end this episode, because it's getting late and I feel like I'm getting more tired. As, <laughs> every word comes out of my mouth. But universal health care. Implementing that on a federal scale for the United States is is impossible. I was about to say damn near impossible, but it's impossible. But you could do it state by state. You could do it 
split up the United States into regions and have a regional healthcare system. But what's happening right now, especially looking at the pandemic and things that are inevitably going to come in the future, people need to have healthcare. It's a great peace of mind. One of the reasons why I believe, and the numbers probably back me up, one of the main reasons why people commit crimes in the United States is because they can't afford to live. And there's things that they need that they can't afford, that they need. So they go deal drugs. They go rob people. They go steal the stuff. I'm not giving them an excuse at all. I, I, I can't stand criminals. And I can't stand crime. I am, I am, a, uh, I am an opponent of crime. I oppose crime heavily. Um, but having healthcare is such a great peace of mind and it's something that everybody should be in support of being able to know that if you, if anything happens to you, or if you have something that you want to get checked out that, and knowing that you can go and get that taken care of and checked out without going bankrupt, that is huge, not only for overall physical health people can go get their insert anything their their diabetes their herpes their cancer taken care of their covid they can get that taken care of their messed up teeth their eyesight they can get that taken care of but it's also good mentally it's a good mental backup it's good to know that if something happens i can go take care of it without going broke and that being implemented on the on a federal level is impossible but if they could do it state by state, like I said, I don't know all the answers, but if you could, America has the power to do anything that they, that they want. Anything that America truly wants, they can get it done. That's a fact. Anybody tries to tell me that, oh, they can't do this, they can't do that. America can do anything they want. They absolutely can. No matter what people say, no matter how much trash people spew about America, America is still the world's superpower, and they can still get anything done that they want to. If they truly want to, and they put their mind to it, and their resources into it, and they have experts drafting up solutions and how to implement these changes, they can do it. And universal healthcare is one of those things. Um, but doesn't mean that the federal government can't help and assist in any way. The federal government should, like I said, they should serve as oversight, and they could be like, they could... There would be communication where, oh, you know, the Northwest region, um, you know, Northern California and Washington and Oregon and uh, those states up there, they need more, they need more nurses, they need more uh, x-ray machines, they need more dentists. And then the federal government can find a way to allocate resources and money to help them. This is not an insane idea. This is something that absolutely can and should be taken care of. The good thing is... Socialized medicine, universal health care, um, single-payer health care, health insurance, whatever the term is, it's getting more and more popular as the day goes on, as the days go on, because uh, partly in due to the state of the economy, inflation being at record high numbers since the 80s, and also the fact that the biggest and largest upward transfer of wealth in human history occurred during the pandemic, so people are getting, people's, people are becoming more poor 
and the money that they do have is becoming more worthless as the days go on. So I'm optimistic that we're going to get universal health care. Well, not we. I, I have health insurance, luckily, through my job, but not everybody does, and everybody deserves it, though. I, I, I have not heard a good argument against it. Um, that all being said, I do think that we're going, that the United States is going to see that improvement within the next few years. I am, I'm confident that it's going to happen and I hope I'm right. I really do hope I'm right, but that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, so I did get some merch. I have some family that, that, and a couple friends that I gave the samples to and they're wearing it. I'm waiting to hear feedback from them. My wife got a shirt. Turned turned out great. I I was gonna show you guys the 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 shirt so you can vis- get a visual concept, uh, a visual a visual representation of of the merch. But I'm just gonna wait until my hoodies come and then I wear them and I show them off because the hoodie I'm wearing today is just a, a Conor McGregor one because you guys know me. I'm the biggest Conor McGregor fan on the entire planet. But that all being said, I hope this was a good episode for you guys. I'm happy to be back. I had a lot on my mind that I wanted to talk about. There's a lot more that I wanted to talk about, but I'm going to save it for the next episode. And yeah, stay tuned and make sure to listen to the entire episode. Make sure to listen. If you want to go back to listen to all the other episodes, there's good stuff, good content, good discussions on all those episodes. But yeah. I'll catch you guys on the next one. As always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.